Hello, friend, and welcome to the Trenton 365 Show. I'm your host, Jacques Howard. You can watch us over WIMG. Let me back up. I'm Jacques Howard, creator and host of the Trenton 365 Show. You're listening and watching over WIMG 1300, New Jersey's oldest radio station and the three-time Stella Award-winning station. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter, WIMG 1300. The Trenton 365 Show has a Facebook page. You can also post your events for free on the Trenton 365 Community Calendar, which is also on Facebook. And you can follow me on Twitter as well, Trenton 365. If you're watching on television, it's via Channel 25, WPHY, covering Mercer County, New Jersey, with a rebroadcast on Friday night at 11 p.m. over the America One Network. In the studio with me is Marina Posa, and I met Marino several years ago uh, being actively involved in the city of Trenton. There's so much that you're going to learn about Marino and about how he came to be here in Trenton, what he's doing in Trenton, but long and short of it, he's an entrepreneur. He has immigrated to the United States from Colombia. He is married for over 30 years. He won't even look like he's that old. He's got a beautiful family, um, actively involved in what's happening here in the city of Trenton, and not only Trenton, but also Mercer County, New Jersey. And uh, he's recently even been awarded a statewide award for his efforts uh, as an entrepreneur and being civically involved. So without further ado, Marina Posa, welcome to the Trenton 365 show. Thank you very much, Jack, and thank you for having me here in your show. You have told me many times <laughs> what we're going to meet here, and finally we're here today. I'm very happy to tell you a little bit about, about me, about my family, about my group, about this particular endeavor in a special city, which is Trenton, New Jersey. I love this city. That's fantastic. And, you know, that's one of the things that you and I really connected on. We both said, you know what, we can live anywhere, but we're here and we want to be involved in the community. And this, this city just kind of gets in your blood. And once it gets in your blood, it kind of takes over. And then you start thinking about everything that you can do and how can I help make this a little bit better. And then you start connecting with other people. And then before you know it, you say, there's a whole group of people who want the same thing. So that's how you and I connected, and I'm, and I'm grateful for our friendship, and I really appreciate watching what you're doing from abroad. So thank you very much. It has been many, many years. When I came here in 1999, um, I came from Colombia to New York with my family. We used to live in a little room, at the four of us. It was really cold. I'm coming from pretty much the airport or where you know all the pretty much half of the year it's sunny the other half it's kind of dark but uh, it's not like here it's a big different story uh, we were working hard in New York with my wife and our two daughters that were really really little ones by that time and after that you know looking for different opportunities we saw Trenton like you know that would be our home and basically since uh, uh, 2001, after the, uh, the September 11, we just came to this town and we started, uh, you know, first time we feel really uncomfortable because it was kind of dark city. We came by November, which uh, all the crowds were, you know, on the trees, mm -hmm. uh, close to the, the train station, to the uh, Greenwood Avenue. And we say, is this what we wanted? <laughs> and, but, you know, as you say, you know, over the time we start knowing the city, we see so many changes during the last 15, 16 years. And I really, really love this city. And I guess I have uh, different opportunities opportunities to leave the city. But I say, no, I'm going to stay here because here, my mission, basically, it's here. And that's what I feel for the city. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad you said that about this being your mission to be here in the city. Um, just last night I was doing some reading. And the term duty, D-U-T-Y, came to mind. And I started researching that word. And it dawned on me that what I'm doing, this is my duty to share about the positive things that are happening in Trenton, connect with other people who are civically engaged like yourself, and then for us to take the reins to build a better community. Because if we don't do it, we can't expect anyone else to do it. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I here is one of the, the things that I always been very supportive. It's um, when there is so many, uh, so many injustices, let's say that, that word, probably that's not the proper one. But when you see that differences, you know, 
uh, and you start thinking why everybody don't have the same opportunities here you start seeing you know that there is people that they have too much and there's people that they have really nothing you say we can make a positive change and when you start you know knowing your community and meaning in my case the Hispanic community and by that time it was nobody trying to see what was by the other side meaning the african-american community and the white community and i started you know building some kind of bridges and i started knowing people uh, within the city that they really care about the city especially within the african-american and i started knowing people like sam frisbee like cameron home like uh, Pamela Jones, so many people that are really the core of this city that they feel, uh, you know, all all the, 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 the needs that this city is right, has right now. And I start thinking in that way, say, you know what? I have pretty much the same thoughts. It's not because I'm brown, they're black, they're white, I'm brown. It's not like that. It's more than that. And when you start crossing that particular barrier, and, and, and start seeing it as each other like uh, your brother, like 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 the friendship, like the they smile at you with honesty, with those kind of things. You start, you know, um, getting used to it first. And in 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 the second way would be how can we help to get a better city, to get you know the better outcome of uh, all the effort that we're doing, you know, to move things forward. And uh, we're, I'm not particularly engaged on the political arena because at some point, you know, you start, you know, being used. That's probably the best term, being used for them to get, you know, whatever they want to get. But after that, they forget, you know, all the people that really, really needs to be paying attention on the streets. And that's what I'm for, you know. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's. That harkens back to one of our, our meetings at, at, your, at your business in your home, was that we both agree that po politics is something that's needed culturally, but there are people who are politicians. Not everyone's a politician, and not every politician needs to be involved in what's happening in the community. And you and I have this uh, same mantra where we believe that we can get a lot more done if we're not involved in the political sector because we don't have to follow by the rules of the party or uh, particular people who are in charge we can just see the work identify it figure out how to make it work and put it together um, over your years here in Trenton um, I know that you've been involved in in helping people to understand the political process to get involved in the process for them to get registered to vote for them to to understand what it means to be involved in, in the voting process um, we've got another election coming up uh, very soon not only in Trenton but also in the for the governor for the state um, do you see that we are in a better position as as people here in Trenton regarding uh, voting and so forth I don't think so and here is my take with this particular subject um, over the years I've been watching very close what happened with the politics not just here uh, around the whole world and this kind of globalization is coming even with the politics and what you can see it's a very clear division between 49 and 51 that's that's probably you know the equation that I have in my mind 49 51 49 thinkers and 51 people that really are putting, you know, um, let's say, not just presidents. We, they're putting governor, they're putting everybody. And when I say that, it's because they seem to be against so many principles, so many things that in my particular view, I think would be the right way, you know, to help the... the, the, the you know, the poor, the middle class, but not just, you know, the 1%. That's my take. And that 51 is going around the whole world. You can see it in the Brexit system. You can see it in the re referendum in Colombia for the yes and the no uh, about the negotiation with the guerrilla. You can see that on uh, pretty much in, in Peru. Uh, you can see it in, in right now just happening in in Ecuador mm -hmm. so it's it's and and, and 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 you just saw it you know last uh, Sunday on on, on, on France so 
when you see that, you say, what's going to happen next time, you know? So my thing about that particular uh, politics, it's right now, uh, at some point, you know, the democracy, it's changing. And it's changing in some way that we have to reevaluate what's going on. What is the next step? Do we have probably to get more agreement to, with the, be, between the 51 and the 49? Do probably the, the, the 49 has to have more voice in the government and not just be the opposition? That's what I think it's going to happen. So coming back to your question, do you think it's much better now than before? I say no. I'm a kind of skeptical for that particular issue. Mm -hmm. Because at some, uh, you know, at the time goes by, you can see more corruption within the government, uh, within the, the politicians, and you see so many people, I mean, from our government as well. You can see senators that they have uh, so many processes, processes and they start talking about the moral, the good things that are going to happen. I think it's uh, we have to uh, at some point to reevaluate what's going on, what's going to happen, and I don't think Trenton is an exception. It's 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 part of the, the same the same culture. Mm -hmm. You know, when we had chatted before, I was um, I was really engaged with your thoughts on the world view, um, because I think a lot of times when you have conversations with people, they're very hyper focused on what's happening right in front run in front of them or just in their community. And when we had one of our earlier conversations, you would even mention, you know, many years ago about what's happening in the world. How is that translated to what's happening here and what's happening in the community of Trenton? And when you mention Brexit, France, Ecuador, um, what's happening in, in Korea and the Korean and you Peninsula. Are, you, already, you already saw it in Venezuela. Yes. It's, it's been so many years. And every day is worse. Every day is worse. And, and, and at this point, we don't know what would be the outcome. We can figure it out, but it's still more things, bad things have to happen there, you know, to get some, some probably, uh, uh, some elections, let's say that way, you know. Mm -hmm. Now, when we had that conversation before, and, and again, I was astounded by how much you we're talking about what's happening around the world and how that kind of translates to what's happening here in Trenton. Um, so, so we were talking about like diversity and inclusion because Trenton's a very diverse community. Can we transition and talk about how diverse the Spanish or the Latino Hispanic population is here in Trenton? Right. Um, when, when again, when I when I came here, it was. It was real, really, really hard for us. We were coming from uh, uh, the big city, New York, which is, it was 24 hours, everything open. And we came here, and the latest time that we can go to have uh, some dinner outside was 6.30, 7 p.m. After that, everything was just shut down. Um, it, was, it, was, it was huge for us because we had to start, you know, thinking in a different way, uh, probably more local. And over the time, I start seeing that this city, that pretty much were the only, I would say the only Hispanics were um, Puerto Ricans and some Dominicans. And uh, the Guatemalan community was just start coming in. But, you know, the last, the last decade, the last 10 years, it was booming, you know, the amount of people coming to this city. Why was that? One of the reasons is that Trenton it's probably a very welcome community for the people with low income, let's say, for the poor people, because the rentals and also the living here is not as expensive as in other cities. I cannot go and live in Princeton, I cannot go and live in probably Newark or in other places, because Trenton would be probably more, and that was one of the reasons, because when I came to New Jersey, I came to work in uh, East Brunswick, and I used to just go back and forth every single day, day from there to here because here were less expensive, you know, utilities and everything else. And Marina, um, I'm sorry for interrupting you. We are up on a short break. But folks, you're listening and watching the Trenton 365 show. When we come back from the break, I'll have uh, Marino drill down a bit more as he talks about his background, uh, what he's doing here in the city of Trenton, and some of his future plans as well. You're listening and watching the Trenton 365 show with me, Jacques Howard.
And welcome back to the Trenton 365 show. I'm your host, Jacques Howard. In the studio with me is Marina Posa, who is um, Colombian, and he is an American, and he is a Trentonian, and an entrepreneur. And he is an award winner, and he's a leader in the, in the civics of Trenton, New Jersey. And we're going to be talking about all that. Um, Marina, just before the break, we were talking about how diverse the Latino-Hispanic population is in Trenton. And, um, you know, oftentimes people think, okay, Puerto Rican, Dominican, Guatemalan, but Trenton is way more diverse than that. Yes, it is. Um, actually, when people say uh, immigrants, everybody's thinking about Mexicans. Mm. And a lot of times, everybody else is just, you know, confused like a Mexican. Um, in Trenton, we have a very diverse Hispanic community, meaning that just just to speak the language, to speak the Spanish, we're coming from 20 different countries. It's not uh, an easy number, but uh, in Trenton, we have plenty Dominicans, we have plenty Costa Ricans, and, um, and, and those communities are in some way very particular. I mean, while the Guatemalans are really hard workers in landscaping and painting, those kind of traits, we can see the Dominicans, you know, on the barber shops, uh, the bodegas, and we can see the Costa Ricans working as roofers, uh, home uh, business contractors, those kind of things. It's, it's very interesting. And we're just talking about three or four communities, but they, um, years back, probably five years ago, the Guatemalan community in Trenton, it was one of the biggest in the whole country. It was not just here, it was in the whole country. And, and actually I've seen, you know, probably during the last five years coming um, so many Mexicans and some of them coming from places like New Brunswick in those areas as well. So um, as a Hispanic, one of the things that really bond us is the language. And because the food, it's kind of different. Mm -hmm. The customs are really different. The way that they do one thing, the way that we speak, some words we cannot pronounce in a, with the different uh, people from uh, another country because it's kind of bad words in that <laughs> particular country or else it's kind of normal. And it's that kind of interaction that puts so many different colors in, you know, probably in our relationship with them. That's in Trenton, it's very, very diverse. And besides that, we have Ecuadorians before they were located more, uh, most in, in Highstown, they're now here. So we have a very colorful um, um, community, Hispanic community. Years back, probably seven, eight years ago, we used to do the Hispanic parade where we were just, you know, the whole color, the whole kind of flags that you can imagine from the 20 different countries, we used to have it here. I'm not anymore, you know, out there on the streets as I used to be because my responsibilities right now as a, as a parent, as a grandparent, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit more difficult for me to just go out and hang out with all these guys from the community. Mm -hmm. So when you say there's 20, approximately 20 different Spanish-speaking countries that are here in Trenton now, not including the African Americans, the Caucasians, the European countries, as well as the other countries from the African continent that are very well represented here. Trenton is really an international city. It is, it is. And one of the things, now that you mention it, uh, you see, but you don't see people from Argentina here. Yes, I do. I, um, you know, what I do, it's B2B, business to business. That's my kind of business that I do. And I have a couple contractors from Argentina. They're not living directly in Trenton, but they're in Ewing, very close. Uh, and and but you can you can see people from everywhere, everywhere. I have a very good friend from Uruguay who is a San Jose contractor, and this is really really nice guy. So many contractors from Brazil. They, I just forgot to tell you that. Um, uh, basically, they don't speak uh, um, the Spanish language, but it's very close, Portuguese. And when we communicate with them, and some of it, they don't speak English, we call Portuñol, a mix between Portuguese and, and, and Espanol. <laughs> so we call Portuñol, and we try to, 
figure it out what kind of words we can use to, to understand each other. But there in the trade, the, the trade that most of them are working in the area, it's actually uh, uh, wood, like woodworkers. Mm -hmm. Now, do you see that, that there's a coming together of the Spanish community here in Trenton? Uh, no, not at all. And the reason is because we're coming from different backgrounds. You can, you can, you can have people here uh, that they're coming from really small towns they call aldeas, where you know the, the, the number of people in that particular community is 20, 30, 50 in small communities. And also we have people coming from big cities. I mean, the city that I, I'm originally from in Colombia, it's Cali. Cali has probably 4.4 million people, just that city. It's a really, really big city if you, we compare, you know, 90,000 people living in Trenton. But uh, um, in that way, we're coming from so many different education levels, background levels, with different uh, point of views about, you know, what's the social issues, those kind of things, that it's very, very difficult to just communicate and keep these people engaged. That's why um, we could be so many, but there is not really a bone that's going to put us together and say we're just one block. No, we just saw uh, the, the last month, uh, by the time when we decided that we were not to open business because of, of Mr. Trump policies, and at that day, everybody just, you know, it was probably, we were just uh, going around the city, checking how many businesses were closed and open. And it was amazing, you know, uh, that so many people just don't open the, the business those days. It was probably 80, 85% of the business that they were closed. Uh, the other ones were open, and at some point through the social media, a lot of people start, you know, just criticizing these people because they didn't get, you know, to that particular subject. But that's that's another another issue. Mm -hmm. So, so do you think that there's coming an opportunity when the Spanish community, the Hispanic community here in Trenton? And the other communities, the African Americans, um, the African countries, uh, the Europeans who are here, when we can kind of come together and revolutionize this 90,000 plus city? Uh, it could be, but here the, the situation is more complicated. And, and my, my point of view is this. The first generation, I'm a first generation, meaning when I was 35 years old, I have no idea how to speak this language. I didn't know how to speak English when I was 35. That was the age when I came here. Mm -hmm. And, but I knew that if I don't learn the language, I'll be really stuck in, you know, some, mm -hmm. you know, probably little job in somewhere that I have no idea. Uh, that was my first barrier, you know, that I had to cross over. And when you do that, when you just lost the fear that you feel stupid because you don't pronounce well, that your accent is very hard, those kind of things, and you just forget about it, you will start, you know, um, connecting very well with the whole community. Now, what I say it's the reason that I don't think right now it could happen is because first generations, they have to work very, very hard to keep the family afloat, to keep, you know, uh, food on the table, to keep moving, you know, all the wheels to get the family um, let's say assimilate to the to the to the new communities so we have to provide we have to work really hard but the second generation they have you know all the way paved so at that point those gonna speak much better the language they gonna understand each other with every community so I can see my daughter she's she's going to graduate from Ryder this uh, uh, this month actually Congratulations. I'm very, very happy for her. Yes. Because it has been really, really a, 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 a very, very good test. You know, how good we're doing and how well we want to prepare our future generation, you know, to keep to keep this city running. And, and my meaning is they kind of speak to each other like a brother. My daughter, she can relate to anybody like a... There is no meanings of uh, division. There is no meaning of, let's say, uh, 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 skin color. Those kind of things. Mm -hmm. So 
if they can do that, they c it, but they need another 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 layer. That layer would be to overpass whatever is happening to the millennials. A lot of people they say they're not commit. You know, they don't have enough commitment to move everything. The loyalty is not as good as we used to have. Those kind of things, because nowadays is different. The technology is going too fast that we as an olders we cannot catch very well with them but the new one they catch so well that you know the distance is more and more every day so that's 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 what i think they can do great things because they're faster than us mm -hmm. but remember our parents they used to be wise we used to have a lot of knowledge but the new generation they have a lot of information mm -hmm. those three things is very hard to put it together mm -hmm. so you know, it's a different meaning, different times, and we have to move forward with whatever we have not right now. Mm -hmm. um, Marino, share your contact information, because I would love for people to reach out to you and to have you come and speak to their groups and share a bit more in person. Uh, my, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm here because you invite me. <laughs> uh, I would love to help, you know, whoever thinks that I can be helpful in anything. Um, my place is in 631, 631 on Greenwood Avenue. I have a small uh, shop, uh, sign shop. Um, I do pretty much uh, everything. I'm a graphic designer and I'm a, um, I have two different degrees, uh, one in, in computer science and one in, in, in graphic design. When I miss those two things together, allow me after 2008 to start my own company because I used to work for Corp America. But after the recession time, I was out and I have to, you know, be by myself and just keep going what I was doing in the past. And that's why I'm very successful right now in the business that I'm doing as an entrepreneur. And at 631 on Greenwood Avenue, my phone is 609-496-1495. I'll be happy. I'm a community person. Uh, whatever you think I'd be helpful, I'm more than happy to share that with everybody. Fantastic. Thank you. I'm, I'm speaking with Marina Posa, and uh, we've been talking a bit about his background coming from Colombia, first-generation immigrant to the United States, and specifically he's here in Trenton with his business. He's doing lots of different things. Uh, shortly, we're going to be getting into some of the details about the organizations that he's a part of, some of the projects that he has uh, shared with me, and uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of different things. Archives of this will be available on the Trenton365.com website, and you're listening and watching the Trenton 365 show over the three-time Stella Award-winning station, WYMG 1300. And welcome back to the Trenton 365 show. I'm your host, Jacques Howard. You can send me an email, Trenton365show at gmail.com. Follow the show on Facebook. Trenton 365 show and you can always post for free all of your events to the Trenton 365 community calendar also on Facebook. In the studio with me is Marina Posa. He's an entrepreneur, first generation immigrant from Colombia. Um, he's been very successful. Um, I can't even begin to say all the different things that I know that he's been a part of but we've connected here in, in Trenton because of uh, actively being involved in the civics here in Trenton. Um, he's also a community organizer. We went to the same organizing training. Um, in addition to that, he's also a board member and one of the key leaders at LALDEF, Latin American Legal Defense and Education Fund, um, the Latino, uh, Latino Merchants Association of New Jersey. Um, it just goes on and on. And uh, tonight I found out that, you know, he's, he's older than I thought he was because he looks so fantastic. I love it. And he's a grandfather now, too, as well. Yes. So, um, Marino, you know, just before the break, I mean, we were touching a bit on um, global politics and then people coming together and so forth and about Trenton being this, like, international city with representation from over 20 Latino-Hispanic countries. There's a bunch of African countries, European countries, et cetera. And um, immigration was at the forefront of everyone's minds um, during the election, the presidential election process, and then after uh, uh, President Trump was elected. And now it seems as though, like, the whole conversation about immigration, like, you don't hear too, too much about it anymore. Can you just share some of your thoughts about that? And then I want to bring it around and talk about what's happening here. Sure. In um, 
usually when any politician is is going to get elected you know they just trying to lure the people with the best words I call him like um, Snake Charmers uh, that's one <laughs> of the names so they just tell what the people want to hear and uh, in the our president he's a great entertainer so he that's what the best that he does and I think he just you know used the, that kind of magic that he has that kind of really a nice way to put you know the people in one line or two lines and you go with me or you go without me it's either way um, and at this point uh, when he just fa when he's facing all the reality you know all the different situation that he has to deal with I guess his tone is going down and I remember the same thing happened with 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 Obama when we when when he used his you know all his uh, let's say um, like 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 his when he tried to pass the Obamacare he used his uh, um, capital you know to put all the balls that he needs for that and at that point well, he was you know very uh, he was very passionate about the the the, the, the immigration reform he couldn't do it and if he couldn't do it nowadays it's 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 harder and harder and harder but anyway this country has been built you know upon you know the shoulders of immigrants period i mean the only the only the only people from here we know who they were and they're living in some reservations if they if that's so at this time but if we are, if we're speaking the African American community. They're coming from Africa, the roots, and they were slaves for so many years. And still, we can see how many differences you know the African community community has. But you know, let's go back when the Italians were here. You know, the people from Poland, from Germany, from different countries were here. They were in the same position as the Hispanics are right now facing difficulties uh, we, we cannot pronounce you know very well the language as you know the the, the people from here born and raised here you know and, and that's that's one of the difficulties because when you're not speaking well as everybody else they think that you're kind of a different person that you're not taking the things as seriously as they do those kind of situations but let's let's go back we have so many immigrants and we have so many immigrants without the proper legal status here and both groups are not just different they're needed here because at some point I remember like two three years ago when you know all the farmers from Texas and, and, and Arizona and, and even Oklahoma they they start seeing you know that they the, this immigrant population they were not allowed to work because the E-Verify and all that kind of things mm -hmm. they start losing you know those harvests and they start losing a lot of money and they say is this what we needed and and, and the, the good thing with the immigration is that at some point we can have you know the economy moving and moving and I do remember by 2008 when the recession really really hit the economy you know nationwide trend in Trenton so many Hispanics without knowing so many regulations they start opening and opening and opening business mm -hmm. and you can see a lot of, of the of the Italians that they used to own the really nice restaurant they start leaving because you know they they were first generation the owners but the second generation they more they more Americans they're not interested in that hard work and they prefer to go and work for somebody else or some office and that's why we have so many of that people in the offices state county city level still you know the, the Italian second generation but what happened to the elders what happened to the old owners for those restaurants the only guy that they can rely on was the cook and the cook was Hispanic and they say look man I'm tired I'm gonna retire why you don't take this business and he says okay I know the business if you just allow me to pay you in in different way I can do that and, and that's why they start being owners without knowing you know what was behind you know 
being the, the owner, the, being an, an, an entrepreneur is not really easy. You have to be self-disciplined disciplined people. You have to have so many hats. At one point, you're the messenger. The second time, you're probably the people that have to go to the bank and cash this check, pay here, pay there, make the order, do the production. You have to do everything. So that's why so many business really fail because they don't follow through. But going back, when 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 the the old Italians they left those places and these new guys came and they started selling the same food, they were no patrons at that time because all the old Italian they, they they used to have that really really nice pasta and and and, and the meatballs and and those kind of food. It was no longer for the new customer one that they wanted. So they have to start changing the menu, changing, and, 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 and it's, a, it's a, a very special dynamic in that particular thing. So at that point, when that person just get the new ownership and he didn't know that the hell inspection gonna come and gonna check this, check that, they were in so many troubles. But you know what, that was the way to build some microeconomy here in the city. Mm -hmm. And right now, they really are very well known, you know, Hispanic restaurants in the area, especially Chamberbourne. Uh, and, and, and that was one of the ways that, I'm, that I, I see the immigrant community, really hard workers. Uh, somebody say, you know, the good thing about the immigrants is they get the things done, period. In one way or another, but they do. And, and, and what I was saying to you, it's they keep, you know, if, if you don't have that person to collect the tomatoes and somebody else has to do it, it's going to be pricey. And who wants to do that? If, if let's say my second generation, they don't want to do and go mm -hmm. through the, all, the, all the quarrels that I have because they're more, let's say, educated with the new mm -hmm. system. So... When you see those immigrants, they just work in landscaping, painting, those kind of things. And if you see, you know, where are the same, are they taking jobs from the, let's say, the African-American community? I say no. Because you can see the African-American community, let's say they didn't go to school, they didn't get the, 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 the diploma or the high school, but they can speak the language, so they go in some kind of clerk positions, customer service positions. They... And usually, you cannot put any immigrant first generation in any customer service. You cannot put these people, you know, assisting on other people because they're, they're not prepared for that. Mm -hmm. So there is no way to take away jobs from... from, from mm -hmm. if, if, if we're talking about, let's say, from the... From the uh, not just the African-American community, from the other communities, it's either way. So you see people that they don't get to the proper, you know, graduation of the school, in those middle positions, but guess what? You can see, you know, uh, the immigrant community, the even people with or without the documents working as, uh, you know, uh, maids, you know, doing uh, housekeeping, those kind of things that really, really nobody gonna take it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, and that reminds me of a conversation that I had, um, and we'll talk about our the Im immigration roundtable discussion that you were a part of that I held, but. I remember telling someone of a contractor who um, works in a very affluent area in one of the surrounding communities, and he employs uh, immigrants, usually Latino Hispanic immigrants. And we had a very hard conversation because he was against, I'm using air quotes here, illegals, but he didn't want to pay his people who were working for him, who were immigrants, on the books. And a conversation I had with him was, well, then why don't you sponsor them so that they can get their proper documents and become citizens? And he said, I don't want to do that either. And my next statement to him was, then you're perpetuating the problem that you say that other people are doing because you're living this life because of immigrants on the backs of immigrants but you don't want to help immigrants to get to that certain level of status. And uh, after the break, we'll get into a bit more talking about immigration. 
You're listening and watching the Trenton 365 show. In the studio with me is Marina Posa, and we're going to be talking more about him and about some of the different things that are happening in the Latino Hispanic community here in Trenton, New Jersey, and beyond. I'm your host, Jacques Howard, and you're listening to the Trenton 365 show over WIMG 1300. And welcome back to the Trenton 365 show. You can visit the website, trenton365.com. Send me an email, trenton365show at gmail.com, and post your events to the Trenton 365 community calendar. In the studio with me is Marina Posa, and I'm going to share his contact information. He's got a graphic design business that's located at 631 Greenwood Avenue in Trenton, and his telephone number is 609-496-1495. And you can get in contact with him about business, but I also encourage you to get in contact with him and just have a conversation about some of the different things that he's been doing, uh, about his story of coming from Columbia, um, working for multiple people, and now being an entrepreneur, a very successful entrepreneur based out of the capital city of New Jersey, Trenton. And then uh, maybe, maybe, you have some questions about some of the other forthcoming things like the future. Like what does immigration look like for the second, third, and fourth generation of Latino Hispanics? And um, how can we bring people together? How can we work together on different projects? And uh, with that, Marino, I'd like to have you talk a bit about um, the immigration roundtable discussion, and I'll lead into that. Uh -huh. So um, I coordinated this um, through Montclair State University, having some of my friends who are recent immigrants, first, second generation, to America to talk about their experiences. Because um, as, as I was saying earlier, when President Trump was uh, running for office, immigration was a hot-button topic. Everybody was talking about immigration and building a wall and doing this and all these different things. But uh, as you so eloquently put, like a snake charmer, they say what the people want to hear. And um, there hasn't been a lot of conversation about immigration recently um, or sanctuary cities or any of those other things. So um, when I did this roundtable discussion, you were a part of it, along with uh, someone from Liberia, someone from Costa Rica, and uh, someone from Jamaica. All very different stories, but all around the subject of immigration. So uh, some of the things that we chat about there was why why did, did you want to come to the United States? Can you share some of that information? Uh, in my particular case, I never asked to be here. I never thought, I never dreamed of. It was, it was life just putting me right here because of some you know, violent situation in my country. Uh, but there is one thing that when you're a doer, you have to do it. There is no choice, there is no back. I want to make a parenthesis right here because when you say that they can stop by my office and ask for me, don't ask for me. If you have some idea how to get a business running, even just from the start, from the idea, come to me. I have so many resources and I've been there and I know the struggles to get you know, from A to B. So just to have a conversation and don't forget to ask me for a Colombian coffee. I'm going to give you that Colombian coffee for free, okay? Yeah, and, and I, I want to interject there because I'm a coffee <laughs> drinker. And um, I grew up drinking what's considered cowboy coffee. Mm -hmm. You know, at the end of the cup, there's some grinds in the bottom. <laughs> what, by far, one of the best coffees I've had in someone's home was the one that you made for me. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yes. So, now, going back, um, the immigration issue, it's a very hard topic. And as a matter of fact, uh, today one of the judges in, in California, they say, Mr. Trump, you cannot deny the funds to the sanctuary cities. So that happened today. And today he's changing his position about the, uh, the, the building the wall because there is no money in the budget for that. So uh, and, and, and I think it's it's gonna be that way. I think in Mexico, they have no way to pay for that wall. At the end of the day, they're gonna be paid for the taxpayers here in our country, which nobody wants to do that. Because over the time, it has been proven that it's, 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 not, that it's, it's not really healthy, it's not really good for the economy. It's actually, it's a really, an expense is not really an, an, an investment over the, the long time. 
And in getting back to the discussion that we have uh, the round table, um, uh, we were talking about you know how everybody uh, wants to be here. There is one thing that happened here that doesn't happen all over the world is opportunities. This is still still the American dream is right there and still if you work hard you can get it not in the way that in the past it used to be in the past probably the american dream is to own a house is to own a vehicle is to have your good job and it's your 401k you know for 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 your future now it's different now it's it's very different if what you know the with the new century is telling us it's if you want to get your ideas and be paid for that, just work hard and you're gonna get it. And probably it's not owning the house right now, what is the new American dream? It's to be connected, it's to be uh, civically engaged, and, and, and not just that, it's, it's just serving. Serving the other is the best way to get back. You have no idea how I put, I, I have some customers that, you know, 8.30, they call me, Marina, you, my my office is at my house, and they know it. Says, can you help me with one proposal that I have to get tomorrow, 8.30 to one of my customers? He's a last caper. How can I say no? I say, come over. And I just, you know, start working with these people. But guess what? Three or four days later, they say, Marino, I send you one of my friends that he owns a company and he, I told him that you're a great guy, that you're helping us, and this is the best way to do it. Mm -hmm. Because what I think is driving the economy in the 21st century is customer service. Mm -hmm. If you serve them well, sometimes probably you're not the cheapest person, but they feel more comfortable going with you because you're doing an extra mile for him or some of his friends. And that's the way to do it. Mm -hmm. That's the best way to do it. Mm -hmm. So, and, and, and people are, People are dying every single day on the desert, you know, from Mexico to, to here, just to try to live much better. People are dying every single day coming from El Salvador because, you know, all the problems, the violence there, you know, the, the, the killings there, they made them just to live. I mean, usually, if you're in your comfort zone, meaning your country, you don't want to go anywhere. You just go outside your country because there is a lot of corruption, a lot of, uh, there is no jobs, there is no opportunity, there is no education. Here in the USA, we have so many ways to employ one person that you have no idea. I guess probably United States is the, is the only place in the world that you can have a uh, professional in lighting, a uh, technical in lighting, a <laughs> assistant of the technical in lighting, <laughs> <laughs> and you can see just right here. You don't see this in, in other countries. I mean, all the guys that I know that they're really contractors, really good contractors, they have a way to pave their future here, but not in their countries because there is no way for the for their their skills to be used there. Mm. That's one of the reasons. Mm. Now, as as things move forward, do you do you? I know you spoke about the second generation, but as things progress and move forward. Do you see um, the second and third generation kind of following in the same lines as the first generation? Or do you think that they'll become more Americanized, air quotes, um, go to college, get a degree, and then want that office position? Um, what I told my daughter, my youngest daughter, is that the future won't bring more offices. The future going to bring more uh, freelancers people uh, like me that is being hired to put three hours on this work, four hours in another work, do some for this, some for that. So it's going to be more mobile, it's going to be more virtual, let's say that word, you know, the way that they do. So they have to be very well prepared for that. Because as you can see right now, if let's say the state of New Jersey, it's uh, you're gonna have so many uh, people retiring during the next four or five years. That people won't be replaced mm. with the new generations. That people will be replaced with people that are being, you know, uh, probably in the fire rank. One thing, 
or second thing they're gonna get cheaper people to replace these people so at that point the economy is gonna is gonna feel also that you know the differences on the wages one thing the second thing is the new generations they're not really to be sit down in an office for eight hours this is people with different mentality they're running fast with the technology that they say can i work from my house because i know how to do it and still i can just go and get the paycheck or no no just put on paypal or just you know send to my account so that's the way that it's going to happen now my biggest concern is that they they're really more isolated mm -hmm. remember the tv you know the living room with the tv gather the family now every computer is dividing the family mm -hmm. so it's a virtual walls that we're building if everybody in the house had their own tv their own computer mm. so that's the way mm. so that's my concern they're not really civically engaged as we used to be and probably won't be you know for the further for their generations mm -hmm. that's that's my thing and you've mentioned civic engagement on, on a few occasions and, and you and i are both of uh, students of uh, we went to the same community organizing school and we both been involved in a lot of different projects and so forth around Trenton. What does civic engagement mean to you and what are you teaching others about it? Um, basically, in, it's, I'm gonna put an example. So in that way you can, you can probably uh, get my, my, my thoughts about civic engagement. Um, I think we are part of that village that it used to be an old saying, you know, it takes a village to raise a kid or to raise a family, right? We're still part of that particular village, okay? We're still part of it. Um, and we feel it for it. And, and, and I bet you that if you see one lady probably hitting uh, the little boy on the street, you will start thinking, what are you going to say to her? How are you going to address this particular issue? Because we feel it, you mm -hmm. know? That and, and, and when I say civic engagement is more than that, it's just go back and give back to the community because you have so much and you and every day we're more isolated. So the way to get the civic engagement is get together, it's get more social because we're losing those particular skills. And I remember when um, I was one of the first person starting the the ID, um, the community ID program with LALDEF many years ago, and I'm very proud of it. And I remember that I put my daughter's face in one of the uh, of the IDs as a Jane Doe. And I remember that that particular newspaper, it was a, a particular newspaper in Japan that her picture showed up right there because they were talking about that particular community ID card. Nowadays, we have like 12,000, you know, ID cards issued. But, you know, in difference with with Vermont, that they just give some kind of IDs to the community and they release that information to us, we never keep any records here. And I have to cut you off there, but I will promise to have you come back. Will you come back? Sure, I will. Absolutely. And Marina thank, Posa. Thank you very much, Jack, for, for the opportunity. Sure thing. And you can get in touch with him, send him, and, uh, call him, 609 496 1495. You've been listening and watching the Trenton 365 show over WIMG 1300 and WPHY Channel 25 covering Mercer County. We'll be back next week, folks. Take care. Thank you, my brother. And